Hello and welcome to Desi Sportscast. It's been a while and uh, we have missed uh, you guys and hopefully you've missed us but we're back um, and um, it's really good to be back because I can speak to my friend and co-host Nevin. Nevin, hello. How are you my friend? I'm good, I'm good. I mean, it's it's tough times out there but doing fine. Yeah, and it's those tough times that meant that we couldn't, well, I couldn't uh, come on and do a record a podcast for the past few weeks uh, because of what's uh, been happening, especially here in the UK and Great. for some personal reasons. But how, how's, uh, how's life in Chennai for you and um, in India generally? Uh, I mean, Chennai is right now facing a few problems. Uh, there's a sudden uh, peak in the number of uh, uh, patients, positive patients. But uh, generally, I've not had any difficulty per se. All these apps are working. So I'm getting my food on time and I'm <laughs> getting uh, the groceries on time and all that. And I anyway used to live alone. So <laughs> I'm, I'm just... I'm just being me, so that's there. But I do miss uh, those occasional conversations with people. Well, uh, it'll be nice. That's what I was going to ask. Uh, how, uh, what week are you in, in in terms of lockdown in India? We're in week six here. Oh, I've lost count. We started around like the last week of March. So that's one week in March and then four in April. And now, uh, yeah, it's like on the fifth or sixth week of Lockdown. And how's uh, work? You were obviously working from home and putting uh, work is extra. <laughs> I feel there's, I, I feel like there's more work happening these days because uh, you know, the, in a way, I think for media consumption, I, the pattern is like the the rates are high. Everybody's just sitting and reading a lot about the coronavirus, about what's happening in NBA, what's happening in Premier League. Everybody's very curious as to what is happening because nobody knows, right? Everybody's just you know in a state of nobody knows what to expect so we are always consuming news so for us folks out there producing news i think it's been <laughs> it's been a very hectic time i keep telling my friends i don't have time for video calls because i'm just like <laughs> working all the time and you said that you know you're used to uh, living alone but this is different obviously because of the restrictions of going out and um i've initially found it okay for the first couple of weeks and then it became difficult especially on a friday night or saturday night and um how have you got used to um the, the my, my friday and saturday nights for essentially just sleeping or watching <laughs> movies so that's going fine for me <laughs> so <laughs> no no sad feelings there but i do miss my alcohol sometimes i've not had a beer in such a long time so oh my god i really wish i could yeah we don't get alcohol here it's it's uh, it's all closed so that's been a that's been a big challenge but hopefully once this is over we'll all be like oh my goodness saying cheers to each other on skype here in england lockdown would not have been possible if they'd uh shut down all the um uh the liquor of course and i and to be honest i think that was a bad idea because a lot of people will have withdrawal symptoms and god knows a lot of issues suddenly being deprived of something they've been like drinking and all that so I'm, I, in, in Kerala, I think they dis- discussed this and in fact even suggested the idea of prescribing alcohols, <laughs> alcohol to people who who have uh, major uh, withdrawal symptoms and all that. But unfortunately, I, I think we, we are a very highly ethical society <laughs> where <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. Are like, yeah. we thought like this is one unnecessary alcohol while otherwise <laughs> alcohol is being... Uh, you know, encourage. They've been asking us to put it on our hands and well, exactly. clean everything with alcohol, but not drink it. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, well, I, I wasn't aware of that fact in India that uh, the, the, the liquor stores were closed, but uh, thankfully they were open here. You, so. my friend, you come from a state where there isn't alcohol anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah yeah that, that that is true but it's not something that i'm personally used to so um i can't uh, s- uh stay for clear yeah. as to how i, I would um react i suppose survive in gujarat <laughs> but um yeah we've got a big announcement coming on thursday that i think they will start lifting some of the restrictions we'll have to see what they are i think we're sort of getting used to it now but people will be still reluctant to uh go out and mix and because there's still until there's um, uh, a vaccine you're not safe are you and this mm-hmm. uh, this is um from everything i've heard this is a very very easily um uh, got virus and it's it's one that can knock a lot a lot of people out so people need to continue mm-hmm. social distancing then continue Absolutely, need to yeah. using the wipes wash your hands it's mm-hmm. uh, that, that 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 message has to be for the whole year and we, Very clear. and yeah. I, I don't think um it matters we just need to keep on repeating it because you can't take this yeah. lightly and you can't um we can't um you know, take the foot off the gas now after we, everybody's put in so much effort in lockdown. Good, good, good. So yeah. um, we are over the peak here. So hopefully there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. I'm really hopeful there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel back home as well. Um, but um, a lot of things have happened since our last podcast and um, course, sports yeah. in one way or another is still happening in terms of the on. news in the background. Yeah. And I just wanted to take your views on a couple of things that have happened since we last spoke. And obviously, there have been a few um, managerial announcements uh, for the ISL. One affecting your own club. Um, I was surprised when your coach left. Um, So I want your reaction to that first, because I know we talked a lot about what you felt about (laughs) his his tactics and his coaching. But also, uh, the announcement of the new person. Um, Yeah. So give me your views on what's been happening with Kerala Blasters. Oh, I think Kerala Blasters in summer is now like a very recurring theme wherein we have a new coach coming in all the time. So in that way, I was not surprised. I thought Ilko Shatori for once played it really well because he was very popular with fans despite not getting a lot of results. There was just this build up. I mean, I didn't... I don't have stats to back this. I don't have anything to prove this. But at least within Kerala, there was this feeling that Ilko Shatori improved our football and, uh, you know, we were playing better football this time around. And everybody thought he deserved another chance, which I kind of agree to. I wasn't, a, I mean, you know it clearly. I wasn't a big fan mm-hmm. of his tactics or his, you know, approach on social media. But nevertheless, I thought continuity would have really helped this club. So that way, I think, and Ilko was immensely popular with the with the fans. So that way would have really helped, and maybe a, a better preseason and maybe like a couple of signings that suited him would have really you know helped him uh, establish himself as a, a a good coach in in Kerala. So that way, it's a little sad, but uh, in in Kibu we had like an opportunity to sign a, a manager who's just won the title with Mohan Bagan. So it was not a uh, I mean, it's not a very bad signing in that sense. You're bringing somebody who understands Indian football. Uh, he also had uh, Nongdamba as part of his team. So, he's also a Kerala Blasters kid who was on loan with 
Mohan Bagan and he uh, Kibu was instrumental in getting the the best out of the player who we call the Indian Hazard. So uh so he's going to come back so yeah, there are little positives here and there and they played really really attractive football with mohan bagan they they were very dominant side they scored a lot of goals uh he's a very proud spaniard and uh, so he likes to play football uh, the beautiful way so i think there there are i mean there's a lot out there you know to say that things are going to go good for kerala blasters but it really depends on who they're going to recruit now it's not like you get a manager and not give him uh, the players that he wants right so hopefully they can back him up with a few very good summer signings and then kerala will hopefully <laughs> this this feels like uh, i mean liverpool in the in the 2000s where in every year we just <laughs> expect uh, liverpool to do well but it never really happens so I I feel bad for Kerala Blasters it's just year after year the confusion and the drama and all that but honestly if you look at it from a uh, non personal uh, perspective I think it's not a bad decision at all whether they had to do it or not is it's completely down to them but like if you look at the person who they brought in it's not a bad decision just a couple of things um I was yeah. well I was going to use the word surprise so I might as well use it the um Elko was still very popular with the fans despite the yeah. season the the Blasters have just had. Um yeah. and uh, you you obviously regularly commented on some of the players and the performances and where the players were playing and um mm-hmm. so I'm a little bit surprised that he was popular amongst the fans. So were they sorry to lose him? Well, yeah, I think he's a, just a very bold person. He would come out and you know trash opposition fans, he wouldn't take trolls. He it was a I think he he had a persona beyond uh beyond the football itself and I think uh for a set of fans who've not really had a good coach I think this was something that they they could cling on to right so barring Steve Coppel I, I don't think anybody is like really established as a and even David James or in I mean for a while he was immensely popular in Kerala as well until the results started you know going the other way so there is also this feeling that maybe if uh, ilko had stayed and if the first four matches didn't really turn out to be you know kerala blasters uh, fans expectation then they would just turn against him so this is in a way a safe move as well because now we uh, will tend to give uh, kibu a little more time to you know settle in and find well, the right coach to success well you you say um and i want to talk of because it is your team that uh, managers don't usually last for more than a season at the blasters yeah so you think yeah. kibu will be given more I, than a I season i think i know i think i think i am the uh, problem here i think it's <laughs> happened to chelsea as well i think it happens to kerala blasters as well i think the, i think i tend to like teams that don't keep their managers <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so just just a final point on kibu um are you at all worried that he had this the, the, the similar uh, similarity with elko is that he had a really good season with northeast and he's brought into kerala and kibu's had a brilliant season with mohan bagan and he's been brought into kerala mm-hmm. do you see any chance of um them being one season wonders and then you know not being able to replicate anywhere near what they had with the previous clubs yeah i think in, in fact with elko i think he's been in the indian circuit for a little bit longer than that one season with northeast he's worked as an assistant coach and he's worked with a couple of calcutta clubs as well so 
it's not like he is com- he was a complete stranger i think with kibu was the complete domination that really you know mohan bagan was in the clear favorites to win the i league and they won it in style mm. with manchester spare yeah. so much so that the corona could not affect the league yeah they yeah. still got to win it so they were that convincing which is which i don't think ilko has ever done he's never been that kind of, he was a he was more of a i mean despite him keeping on saying that he is a, a you know pure purest and a football lover he was in fact a pragmatic manager so even if you look at the ma- uh, uh, the big matches that's when he's performed so for kerala also he performed against bangalore he performed against atk simply because those are matches that his team wasn't expected to win so then he would you know park and counter attack and all that stuff so i in kibu i think he you you've signed a, i mean this is too much but like somebody similar to lobera who will <laughs> insist on playing with a, a certain philosophy wow and, that's uh, that's some uh, comparison yeah hopefully i'm just like being hopeful here because at least with mohan bagan the early results were in positive but they didn't like tinker too much or anything they were very confident and for me the most exciting part is i think a lot of discussions in and around kerala blasters nobody's talking about this i think nongdamba is a really good player so he's already worked with nongdamba i don't think that's a reason to sign a coach but that's a big ad- added advantage you're bringing this kid back he was a wonder kid in indian arrows and a uh, former minerva product i personally worked with him as well he was exceptionally talented i think he and uh, makan chote are two really good players are going to like take the indian indian uh, team by storm in the in the next few years so you got these two fantastic players i mean chote is now going to fc goa but uh, nongdamba is there and i remember kibu had said he was the only indian player who had the levels to play in the europe so this wow. is a manager also who really trusts this kid kid and he's what 19 20 years old now so i am really excited because that really solves a lot of problems imagine a team with like a very good striker in ogbache and young rahul kp on one wing and young nongdamba on the other wing so that's two really exciting indian talents and like if you can get like a good striker i think we're in for a very exciting season and this manager is known for playing a very exciting type of football so he's also got to very very promising young indian kids there so uh i'm 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 really, uh, really i, I can't wait i, I w- <laughs> that's all, that's always be mean but <laughs> i mean i i just want to see these kids play i mean i think at the end of the day i'm not a big blasters when i'm more of a what happens to the national team fan so in that attribute i i see uh, i mean i don't want uh, a rahul kp sitting and defending i want his attacking powers to be unleashed so maybe there is something there where you know our indian players will get a good shot and maybe if you can just i don't know whether sahil is staying or not but if he is also staying then that's you've got a very good that's a very good young talented indian player very good yeah attacking tri- uh, trio there yeah. so if you can like get a very solid uh, striker also to partner them and a good midfield to cover them up i think this is a very exciting team so brother sandeep um the blasters fans um 
I've got a very good summer well, too. Blaster fans are always excited. So, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk about them in a bit uh, yeah, later on as well because uh, how oh, organized they are. Uh, <laughs> I think it's very important that whatever we do in Indian football, that we talk a little bit of the Blasters fans because that's engagement for you. That's what well, the audience I, I, I was blown away by something you told me, and we'll talk about it later because I need to be educated yeah. on that in terms of uh, how um, passionate and how organized they are. Um, the other big uh, announcement was obviously Juan Fernando uh, trying to fill yep. huge shoes with Goa. A lot of expectations uh, are going to be on his shoulders. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think of that uh, announcement? Because um, he's not somebody, obviously, that I'm aware of um, here. Yeah, even I wasn't aware of this un- until like I read about him and it's like, oh, what a very interesting CV and he's worked with, you know, world's best players in terms of like Fabregas and everyone. So, I think for him also it's an exciting project. I don't think he's got like a proven track record as a coach. Mm. Not something phenomenal. But it seems to be there. Like, And I think I like what Goa is also doing. I think Goa is also trusting on a, a young player to, a young coach to go and do his uh, magic there. So it's like uh, Porto trusting uh, Andre Villas-Boss. Uh, you know, go ahead and do your magic and see what we can do. And so... I mean, it can really work or it can really backfire. But I remember texting uh, uh, the media manager of uh, FC Goa and I asked him, are you planning any content around the good-looking manager? <laughs> because that's not an added advantage that you've got. Now you've got like a very good-looking manager. You should probably put like shirtless pictures and you'll get more audience. <laughs> He's a, t- a typical Spaniard, isn't he? Uh, with yeah. his long hair and what have you. But um, Absolutely. I, he can walk into like a <laughs> one of those... Uh, uh, you know reality shows where uh, I don't I don't know what those shows are called, but you, you are trapped in a mystery <laughs> island with uh, <laughs> a lot of good-looking yeah, people. We, yeah, so yeah we've, we've got Love Island here, which is uh, yeah, Love Island. Yeah, yeah. but um, <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, uh, I know what you're on about um, when you say you know his uh, CV in terms of his managerial career, but he's from Spain, so you know the upbringing he's had. And the sort of mm-hmm. football that he's probably used to, but also he's had success. Uh, he, I know it's a Greek league, but Greek league's not that bad actually. And he's taken yeah, his last bad, team yeah. from second to first division, so that's from third yeah. to first division, I think it was. So th- that's no mean feat. So he knows about a winning team. And this, mind you, FC Goa had applications from uh, Ericsson and uh, I don't know Hiddink. Really? Uh, so yeah, so. They most, they selected this guy from a, a list of CVs which included Hiddink and uh, Ericsson. So, they must be seeing something. Of course, money is a big matter. I don't think those coaches can be afforded by Indian clubs. But nevertheless, they had options. They, they really had a lot of options according to Times of India senior reporter. So, definitely, they have uh, like they've really thought through this. They feel he is in sync with... Uh, you know, the ideology at FC Goa and can take that project forward, which was started by Lobera, who himself is coming back and is the manager of Mumbai. So, exciting project there as well. So, <laughs> he's back in India and uh, he is going to be heading a team that's owned by the City Group. So, expect fireworks next season. But I think with all these uh, new appointments, for me, it's about how the young Indian players will learn from these, even with uh, Juan Fernando. I mean, Goa's got yeah. a huge number of um, 
uh, Indian players. And I think uh, having a young coach with fresh ideas um, mm. sounds really um, exciting. Correct, correct, exactly. I what? hope the players are also convinced by the project. So, yeah. Sometimes the problem with younger coaches is that a lot of uh, players don't feel you know, in sync with uh, what uh, what the young coach wants to achieve. There's also ego and all. I don't see that happening in uh, FC Goa though. I think they're just uh, generally a very grounded team and all these young Indians have generally been like very, uh, uh, you know, down to earth and willing to work hard kind of players. Yeah, and, but, I, and hopefully they'll see that the appointment of a young coach and the same with... Um, um, uh, Kibu at Kerala, and um, that mm-hmm. they're there for a while. So you know, then yeah. hopefully they understand that. Hopefully there won't be one season uh, appointments. So um, of course, and I think Goa is very serious about their AFC prospects. So they are also building. So I'm sure they've all put all these things into consideration and feels like they are not really ready for another transition season. They want to be the best. So they have taken a coach that will like only increase a level and want to you know leave another one or two years gap to again rebuild the team and all that yeah so yeah no it's, it sounds uh, really exciting like you said the uh, coach at uh, mumbai city and then obviously um, our own phil brown <laughs> um and uh, so phil so brown just came out saying he's not been paid by <laughs> But Owen Coyle... Anyway, uh, Phil Brown is off, right? He's no longer the coach of... No, no, no. But, uh, you know, um, those sort of coaches are... No, but, you know, that's also another point, right? So, now Hyderabad is going to be coached by Albert Roca. Yeah. So, you've got Roca, you've got Lobera, we've got Juan, you've got Kibu. On paper, very exciting. Exactly. (laughs) Because they're all supposed to play very beautiful football. Yeah. And they are not people who are, you know, known to sacrifice their ideology. So, yeah, that's very exciting time. That's what I mean. It it looks a lot more exciting than having the likes of Brown. I know we've got Owen Owen Coyle there, but he's playing a different brand of football than I'm used to. (laughs) That's a different story. Yeah, it's it's an Owen Spaniard Coyle. (laughs) (laughs) One big uh, news that wasn't any surprise whatsoever that Antonio Habas is going to coach the new ATK Mohan team. Uh, No real surprise there. But he's got a big Not task, really, hasn't yeah. he? He, he? There will be uh, big expectations from him to repeat. I think he's okay. I think this year also, considering they've spent so much money in terms of Krishna and uh, uh, the Williams and all that, I think uh, they... Uh, I think Habas should be okay now. I think he's he's expected to deliver. He's won two ISL titles also. He's, so he's like a... I think that pressure won't be too much on him. And he's also now... With a surplus of players, so now he can like pick and choose what he wants and you know create a team there according to his desire, and hopefully he'll get to retain those key players, especially Prabir and uh, Susay and all that. So, well, finances shouldn't be a problem, the... should they? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we never know what is the impact of Corona and all that, but yeah. it shouldn't be ideally. Yeah. So, hopefully he'll have a very good, strong squad again and. Only these, like the likes of Prabir and Sosan, are really improving. So, uh, one season in that position. So, it's, it was not a natural position for both players. Sosan is more of an attacker, so he had to come back. Prabir is more of a right back, so he had to push up. And both of them suited really well as wing backs in that uh, 3 5 2 they were playing. So, maybe next season they know, they come in already knowing what to do, so that'll work in their benefit as well. 
and they've already signed the likes of Manveer and all that. So ATK is making the move, and there the huge speculation of uh, uh, Sahal and Jobi swap deal happening. Oh, so wow. we can get like a Sahal there, then that's that's, that's yeah, that's too much of a talent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you just mentioned, you know, what the impact of the virus will be, and already mm-hmm. there seems to be an impact in the I League yeah, and yeah. the stories going yeah. around of player contracts being terminated. Uh, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's been happening in the I League and what are your feelings so, about this? I mean, obviously, I don't feel nice. It's it's like anybody else losing a job, right? So a player player's contract being cut short is never nice. And I'm not somebody. Uh, I'm I'm too I'm too left inclined to side with the the uh, the people and try to understand the business and the difficulties of running it and all that. For me, it's just about uh, you know respecting their contracts and all that. But it was part of their. It is a clause. Uh, so I mean, while it is sad. They had their uh, you know legal way out for these clubs. So Chennai and uh, Chennai City FC and East Bengal have done it, and they've cut short their uh, uh, the players' contract and uh, owing to the coronavirus situation. Nobody knows exactly why they had to do it because on one side East Bengal is being super aggressive on the market, signing players left, right, and center. So. If money was a big concern, you wouldn't be taking. At least, if you wanted to pretend that way, I think you wouldn't be doing so much in the in the transfer field. But this is how it is. The reality is, the companies get defended way better than the employees. So, yeah, uh, I think also yes. mention has to be made of, from what I hear, from what I've read, and hopefully it's true, is that uh, Real Kashmir, Mohan Bagan, and the Arab Arrows players will not have their contracts terminated which is yeah if it's true and uh, you can confirm whether you know if it is or not but that's I mean, fantastic I, I, in fact that's what i've heard from most clubs but in fact there are a lot of things flying around wherein i i just recently heard a rumor of kerala blasters not paying all their players due and uh hyderabad case is out there in the open with former coach also mm-hmm. coming out and saying we've not been paid so there's a lot of uh, I have been a personal victim of a club not paying me. So, uh, so this is this. I mean, I think we've discussed this again and again. Now, this is like a recurring theme in Indian football of a lot of people not getting paid. At least with footballers and coaches, they have a voice. They have an, uh, uh, you know, a union and everything to uh, protect them at some levels. I don't even think even they get protected all the time. But imagine a lot of background staff who must be losing job and nobody's uh, talking about them or, you know, worried about the fact that they didn't get money or whatever. So Yeah, and it's, and yeah. it's a big contrast to uh, what's happening in the uh, EPL where there was a huge outroar, outcry when uh, clubs were putting um, their support staff and um, yeah. on furlough and not paying them full wage, which thankfully yeah. all the clubs have changed. So it's a pity there's, there's not enough... Um, outcry in India as well that you know can we make uh, yeah. I think this has been always a problem with Indian football I think uh, people are insensitive or just normalized to the way people are just like okay that's how it is every year so this year I heard about a news of one uh, one official uh, uh, club official not getting paid and this was sent to me uh, uh, by a journalist and he put a a, a laughing emoji it's become a joke now. Everybody is just like, yeah, surprise, surprise, because it's happening another year. 
we'll we'll some of us will cry about it some of us will make noise about it but it's very few yeah i mean and you need to be like really brave to come out against a club and say they've not paid me yeah very long because time. that's yeah that sort of really hampers your chances of getting another job in any of these football clubs so yeah it doesn't help when the association and the clubs are those club owners are so together and will stick yeah. together against absolutely calls out anything that might you be will, you will be considered a rebel and yeah you know all that stuff so it really doesn't help your i i think uh, a lot of us are living <laughs> examples to other players to not do it because <laughs> we Uh, I mean, if you do it, then it'll have its own uh, uh, repercussions, and it, it takes a lot of strength to face them. So people are just like, "Yeah, something." Okay, that, we'll, there will come a day of reckoning, uh, reckoning, um, as with all these things. Um, of course, I mean, yeah, and yeah. um, hopefully it will come very soon. But it is a sad, yeah. that is the sad aspect of one part of Indian football. Um, true, true. You know, there's too much power on one side. and um, mm. not enough support for uh, the people that really make the and football and a lot of happen. gullible football fans also out there willing to work for free willing to work there for experience exposure just because they love football yeah and yeah. which is wrong yeah you pay i mean i can really love football but i still need to eat my food <laughs> right so well if, so, if anybody i've always believed if you do a day's job you need to get a day's wage absolutely, absolutely you know, yeah no matter who you are but um like yeah. i said the day of reckoning will come um uh, no soon. doubt about it hopefully soon <laughs> absolutely um the other very quick um uh, i wanted to take you i don't know if it's true again it's something i read on twitter so you know take it with a pinch of salt but um the punjab fc has been sold to another company no punjab fc is now completely punjab fc right so it was mirava punjab before last season okay and there was another group called round glass who had their own academy and all that so round glass had acquired 50% of the stake last year right so this is 2019 summer and what happened then is that all the academy and everything except the main team went to round glass and the main team was part of uh, minerva oh right and the okay. and the club was uh, re- rebranded as punjab fc from minerva punjab fc so so so, so it was still ranjit bajaj and hena and everybody else in control of the main team but the the junior teams had all been like completely transferred to round glass okay now round glass has completed the complete takeover where they are now 100% owners of uh, the the club and so the the staff is res- like so Like Zavranjit and Shanan, everybody's resigned, and so we, uh, we, left. we won't have the pleasure of seeing um, Ranjit on the sidelines. No, but he keeps saying that he's going to come back, so he's right. going to start again. Okay, so he's going to start another academy, and the process is on. And for once, despite our disagreements and so many things, I agree with him. He he highlighted a very valid point. He's like, what, what is the use of playing in I League right now? Till there is no promotion, I don't want to play in I League, and yeah. fair enough. Yeah. What what is what is there? Either either you cough up the money and you play in ISL, or this is just a, I mean, what like for bragging rights that you you finish second, you finish third. What is what is there? Why do you want to spend so much money playing in a league with nothing? So I think he was a very clever chap. Got money out of the club. Hopefully, in three four years, he'll find another partner or whatever, and he'll cough up enough money to have another team. 
Well, he, another crack. he's done it with Minervasni. They came from uh, the state league exactly. to the second exactly. division to the first division. So he's done it before. Exactly. So he's got the experience. Um, so, yeah. okay, we'll see what happens. And I that. think Punjab Haryana is enough space also for well, more clubs. Yeah, yeah definitely. Especially oh, North India has definitely got space for more teams. Yeah, especially if we can go closer towards uh, Delhi. Yeah. Say, Haryana-Delhi border, which is like around Gurgaon. So if you can set up a club there, I think it's a huge win. So that's like a Delhi club. So also in Haryana State, Haryana State is known for supporting sports. So that's also a big plus. So if I were a businessman, I have no no idea what Ranjit is thinking right now. But if I was if I was in that place, I think I'll be thinking of these opportunities. They sound very exciting as well. So uh, and Delhi it definitely needs a club or somewhere around. Oh, absolutely, people, yeah. You know, there's enough passion there. Um, moving yeah. on to some very um, sad news. Um, we yeah. lost a legend while we we're off yeah. in um, Chuni Goswami. Now, this is a name that yeah. I really is one of the first things I learned about when I started getting interesting and in, uh, interesting uh, in Indian football and looking yeah. and reading about it. And this is a name that came up often. But you've you know grown up with this legend, and what can you tell us about him? I have not grown up with this legends. In the sense enough. that, uh, you know, in India, everybody knows who yeah, he is. Yeah, but I think, uh, I think to be very honest, somebody growing up in Kerala, we never heard so much about Chunya Goswami. We always heard yeah. about, say, I Am Vijayans, or if before that we had, like, Savior Pirates. And we were, like... So the thing uh, that, that also sort of highlights uh, football's regional appeal till, like, say, early 2000s. Because it was all, all right. our... I mean, it is not like, uh, I mean, I did follow Bhutia and everyone. So that's another era. Mm. But before that, I, I was completely unaware of the history of Indian football. And I was just pleasantly happy knowing about uh, our state players. Because my fathers, in fact, my mother knows so much about football. Because she comes from the district of Trishul, which is known for producing a lot of these legends. In fact, even I am Vijayan and Joe Paul and everybody comes from Trishul. So she knew so much about football. But that was all... Football that they consumed with their eye. They never like saw on TV or anything. Yeah, they had like multiple yeah. tournaments there. Yeah. So, okay, a Mohan Bagan would come and East Bengal would come. And they'll remember one or two players who played really well in that. But it's not like you heard or talked about Chunni Goswami. Like he must have been talked about in Calcutta. In, yeah. Yeah. So, in Calcutta and West Bengal, he's undoubtedly a legend. And for me, I think, I mean, I, I'm a little embarrassed in admitting this, but. I only uh, started really reading upon him in, in like late 2018 when I interviewed Simon Sundaraj, who's played with Chunni Goswami and Balram and that. Yeah, I saw that yeah. clip. So, I mean, yeah, so I had gone to his house and we had like a very good three-hour conversation on Indian football. So, that's one of my favorite memories of the whole uh, sport itself. And so, back then when he talked about Chunni Goswami and Balram and all, is when I realized, oh, they were amongst the world's best at that stage. And we're not talking about, say, Asunil Chetri or I.M. Vijay, who are like legends in our country. This was a time when India held France to a 1-1 draw. India lost 2-1 to Hungary. And so this is a time in 1960 Rome Olympics. Is, I mean, India was, I mean, I think after that, the FIFA president then said something like, India are undoubtedly the best team in Asia. So, these are legends from a time when Indian football also was world-class. And, uh, I mean, I mean, it's a little pity that we don't have anything else like, apart from words and 
likes of Novi Kapadia are talking about him, and Novi talks about him as the greatest in Indian football. And I think when Novi says, we all listen because nobody knows Indian football better than that person. So I think uh, he was he's an attacking uh, player. He used to play in the. I mean, back then, I think uh, one of their favorite. Uh, they they played they used to play a four two four formation a lot. So, the uh, Chunni Goswami used to play in the left inside position. So that's very similar to what like somebody like a Pele and everybody played. That was the where, that was where the most exciting players used to uh, take. And so he was one of the most exciting players. Played for Mohan Bagan as well. And yeah, it's a huge huge loss for Indian football. I know he's also very. He sort of typified India in so many ways. He was a big Test match lover, enjoyed the little, little things, and is undoubtedly a great. I like I said, like I've been in, involved with Indian football a long. I mean, for a while now, but it took me. I mean, it's only towards very latter stages of, or like only in the last few years that I started reading more about the history and all that. And that's when I really got to admire what these people have done. And while Chunni Goswami gets a lot of talk, I think. Equally good players like Balram and so many other very instrument. Even PK Banerjee, for example, the the other legend who passed away very recently. All of them were like phenomenal players playing at the very top, top, top level. That's very well said in terms of um, you know Chunni uh, Goswami, and it's pretty much yeah, when I was all I did was read about him. I've never seen clips of him play, obviously. Uh, but from what I've read and all the comments that I saw uh, upon his passing, you can tell what he meant uh, to the people of Kolkata, but also yeah. people who remembered um, how good our team was back in the yeah. day. And I think um, not enough can be said in praise in terms of that team, that era of players yeah. that you know uh, made India one of the best teams, obviously in Asia, but also com- competitive around the world. And um, also read that even the likes of Tottenham Hotspur wanted to sign him. So you can tell in that yeah. period, Tottenham Hotspur, one of the best teams in England. So yeah. if they wanted uh, to sign him or bring him here, you can tell. It's just, uh, I think it's the beginning of the unfortunate era of Indian football of them not really realizing the importance of, you know, going abroad, doing these things and all that. I think sort of these legends were never given an opportunity to sort of continue this. That's what Simon Sundaraj also keeps saying. And we had so much information, but we didn't have jobs. Right. And we were struggling for our lives. Yeah. yeah. That we didn't want any other bats coming up. You're we like, why? Yeah. And Simply because a lot of these footballers didn't clo- uh, cross class 10. They didn't get jobs. Yeah. Simply because of that. Despite representing the nation, they didn't have a class 10 degree. So they were not given jobs. And so many sad stories, especially mm-hmm. from Hyderabad and all that. Hyderabad police used to be a huge team once upon a time. Yes. And all of them like had like really unfortunate deaths where like uh, they didn't have money to buy tablets, this, that, just a lot of sad stories. And I think that's where we lost. And when you're talking about Tottenham Hotspur, I think uh, T. Ao, India's first captain from uh, from Nagaland, and he was given a call from Arsenal. So, so we can see, you know, at, at that point, we had like players who could have been playing in uh, Arsenal and Tottenham and all that. So yeah, it just shows the caliber. And it, when I read about um, Chunigaswami, I mean, he, he really harks back to the 
golden age even of here where he was a one club per uh, man he played cricket um obviously hugely talented because his cricket skills were highly rated as well um and um i think um people do realize if they're not realizing a bit more now that we had a very golden team of course of course yeah yeah Yeah. i think no what i I meant is that i think everybody knew about this person but not necessarily in a lot of depth i mean everybody knew i mean everybody associated with indian football knows about achunni goswami and leslie was but the levels at which he was i think people sometimes don't understand yeah Uh, including me it's uh, it's only on reading about it and uh hearing about it that uh, i'm learning to sort of understand because uh, i think we're all there we're all there right? and probably we'll never know really right because we don't have any sort of uh, you know video content or anything yeah, to like really cling on to yeah. yeah yeah but so uh, that's very very sad um, passing of a legend and a true legend yeah. um, because that word is overused but it applies to mr goswami for definite yes um going from the extreme um you know uh, sad loss of uh, Goswami, the legend uh, to something that um i've totally missed but i qu- keep <laughs> seeing it on twitter <laughs> And yeah. uh, especially with you being a, a sort of a Blasters fan, I know what you said earlier about you know um, being more of an Indian national team fan. But um, this I keep telling I, I, I support Blasters because that's like three kilometers from my house, the stadium. So I have no other option but <laughs> what has been yeah, happening with pole. the Sandbass Pole and the Blasters? So I think it's it's one of the biggest uh, scams ever pulled off in in the world of football. <laughs> so really. <laughs> All right, I give mean, us a bit of background I, ex- I am still expecting a wise documentary to come out saying how I conned all the football fans in the world and some random guy sitting in a room saying hey I I faked it. So this uh, I mean and we are all assuming is one person. Of course it's one person because it's so random. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, a he or a she let's not take gender here but uh, that person uh, just started a poll Uh, and just call themselves like an online uh, survey and you know study agency or whatever to understand football audience and they just said to understand the strength of the audience and digital presence i am conducting a poll and he put all the teams that had like a very good reach so he pitted like liverpool against uh, an indian team this that united against uh, uh, in a, a saudi team so <laughs> and it is like let it be and initial few rounds i think people didn't know so much so if you look at it you had like 2000 votes 3000 votes there was in and initial rounds itself unfortunately the big guys like liverpool and united and all of them lost <laughs> i was it was mostly the asian teams and uh, the turkish teams remaining and then it got really really interesting i think uh, the round where i think all of us got involved was the uh was a round between kerala blasters and persib of indonesia and it got really violent both of the fans attacking each other making fake accounts to vote it got a massive 4 lakh votes wow <laughs> well that's like what 400000 400000 votes and it was just trolling after each other you know the you know kerala blasters were making uh, the fans were making a lot of uh, videos on how to make fake accounts on twitter <laughs> to uh, vote in the poll uh, there was a lot of trolling meme you know like so sandesh jingen kerala blasters official account all sharing it and all sharing what 
this is unheard of nobody had heard of sandbars nobody knows what it is it's for convenience sake it's gone and followed stanford university just yeah. to make it easy only for one person yeah just to make it sound very legit and uh, you know that there's a part of the university studies or whatever but it's one of the biggest shams out there and uh, <laughs> <laughs> just and kerala blasters really took it to heart and which really pissed off the other fans in india because i think at at one point they're all jealous because the fact that these uh, kerala blasters could come out and defeat persib persib is huge in indonesia they have got a big big fan base and kerala blasters from a very tiny state in uh, india that they managed to go out and beat persib and then even, and then they would beat galatasaray also after that was <laughs> it was huge okay and i think the other fans got pissed off they are like oh look at these uh, uh, manyapada going and voting on insignificant inconsequential polls but i think at the end of the day i think we were all jealous <laughs> we were jealous the fact that they could get out 2 lakh votes that's that's huge Did it, uh, i mean firstly fair play to whoever created this thing you have to give him credit or her yeah of course i think this is ingenious it's yeah. <laughs> and from- so many people trying to replicate it so that's like sandbass media turkey now so everybody trying to go after the poll dude and you see a lot of football clubs trying the poll stuff now even indian super league went in and did like a poll for best goal and all that stuff and they knew the whole idea was to pit kerala blasters against each team so they they also lined it up in such a way that it's always kerala blasters versus some other team so they're all losing because kerala blasters are unstoppable in in polls but it's one way to get people interested in the uh, of course of course yeah yeah but what in, is, what in, ingenious uh, and but do you think uh, this raised the passions of even uh, keralites who went into football of course we have had like a terrible season and everybody is looking for an excuse to you know just think about football during lockdown everybody went to into overdrive you know he's like just making content making fake accounts sharing with each other sharing the memes sharing tweets but, but i think even i sat down and like made an instagram filters uh, effect to sort of figure out you know how to Uh, which Kerala blaster are you? <laughs> and all this stuff. So we're just doing uh, crazy, crazy things. And I'm not see. I mean, despite in our podcast, me taking up the role as a KBFC fan, I've never been like a very really vocal <laughs> blasters fan or something. But even I was so involved. You know, I kept saying this also. This was one good distraction. Everybody's just excited about something other than Corona. So just like. Let us just enjoy this. I think one thing you have to accept is that uh, the Kerala Blasters fans are unique. They're very organized <laughs> socially, don't absolutely, you think? Absolutely, absolutely. Because I've seen yeah. other polls where they've given out or you know taken polls for the best Indian supporters group, and I'm sure the Blasters have won that as well. Uh, Everything. So, yeah, I think, I, I think in its history they've never lost a poll. It's just like they just like uh, they take these things seriously. If only the club would really realize this and say, "Hey, why don't we just create a team that these people would really love?" <laughs> well, under <laughs> new coach Kibu, I think uh, the chances are much better than they've been for a while. So you know, yeah, they're bl- blasters. But um, it really depends on preseason and getting the right players. So I think. I mean, even if uh, Ilko was in my favorite, I'm sure he would have even done better if they, they didn't. They didn't get a preseason, and they had to like really imagine a uh, imagine a season without a preseason. I think that's that itself spells disaster. 
Yeah, and something just that, went uh, down in front. Yeah, I want to talk about um, in our next podcast as to how we come uh, out of all this and when do you. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's a topic that needs to be discussed, and um, we're going to get a bit more information on Friday um, after the government announcement on Thursday. The EPL is going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've tentatively said about neutral venues and uh, second mm-hmm. week of June. But it'll mm-hmm. really depend on what the government says on Thursday. So I think if we can talk about it next week, that'll be good um, to see what happens and whether you agree with it, whether it's realistic. Because also, yeah. there's talk of the German league coming back. Um, the Italians yeah. are returning to training, I think, next week. Spain, obviously, is a few weeks behind. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll have a bit more news, hopefully. Well, this week. For France and Netherlands have called it off, right? Yeah, um, I think France, uh, the, the government took the decision, um, which is fair. And I think uh, that the um, Ligue 1 have taken the right decision. They've awarded, uh, awarded the um, championship to PSG. They were miles away um, from second place. So that was quite right. Yeah. They did the relegation promotion fairly. Obviously, mm-hmm. in these sort of situations, you've got to look at the bigger picture. No, no, you're not going to get yeah. everybody 100% happy. Um, yeah. but that's why I disagree what's what's happened with the um, lower leagues here um, where mm-hmm. they've decided to end the season and not have any promotion uh, relegation I think that it's, yeah. it's totally wrong imagine the teams who like really invested so much and was hoping to exactly. go up and all that yeah, yeah lo- um, even in the lower yeah. leagues non-league here there's yeah, a, quite exactly. a bit of financial uh, impact of course because on. I was watching Sunderland till I die and I saw like that's a Good glimpse of what's happening in Sunderland. It's not even playing in the uh, in in the championship, right? There's one one uh, league one. Yeah, one league lower. So it's just they the kind of money they're putting. So that sort of gives an example of. But it gives you a good insight into what it's like to be. I mean, obviously Leicester were in League One, um, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, but you still have it's your team, no matter what league you're in. But the good thing here is we've got relegation promotion right to the top, so you've always got hope. Yeah. And uh, yeah. that leads me on to something that I wanted to end with because today was the um, third anniversary, fourth anniversary, or something like of um, us winning the league. We won the league on May the second, twenty fifteen, sixteen. So it's nice. four years. So it's um, you, you would have seen on social media. I liked a lot of stuff. Yeah, I so. have looked. Um, yeah. So it's. Uh, I it's, saw like day before yesterday was Aizwal winning the yes winning their uh, <laughs> high league so it's, it's it's our Leicester story in India absolutely something that I'm yeah. looking uh, want to talk about as well while we have the close season and no sport as well uh, but yes yeah, good uh, weekend to be a Leicester fan reminiscing and um, we watched the, um, the uh, champions championship season video official video yesterday so that was good um, so it brought back a lot of happy memories um, but uh, it just it just reminded me when you talked about Sunderland and uh, um, the you know even the smaller clubs here. It's your club, but you know you've got yeah, that promotion yeah. relegation, so you've always got. It was a, it was very nicely done documentary. Also, I thought the the series the Sunderland one. Yeah, I've seen both the uh, season one and season two, and um, I do feel for the fans. They've got huge yeah. fan base, uh, but just they've yeah. been unlucky with owners. It's all about the owners. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, absolutely. They had the Americans, and they invested so badly, and then he didn't want to mm-hmm. invest, so things went from bad to worse. Um, but they've got a brilliant stadium. That was one of the earliest stadium, new stadiums being uh, that was built mm-hmm. in the country, um, the Stadium of Light. Uh, but they've got yeah. uh, Newcastle as a 
neighbors. Uh, so uh, they've got huge uh, rivalry. Uh, Northeast is a hotbed of football here. Uh, huge, passionate fans, but they've just not had the owners. There's something about the Northeast, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Every Northeast tend to be football centric. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, we'll talk about that in the future. Well, but, but we should talk about the the Saudi takeover of Newcastle as well. Well, this, what that is going to happen? Yeah, we'll talk about it. I mean, it's it's uh, that is another very fun thing happening here in Kerala, where suddenly there's a bunch of Newcastle fans no, and no <laughs> Lot of uh, banter, and there's a there's a WhatsApp group of Newcastle fans, which is which is full of Chelsea and United and Liverpool fans Just making fun the of the. Are going to take over and bring some money in, but what they've got to realize is that fair play um, rules apply now in terms of financing. So what Man City did, yeah. they've been caught out. Uh, Chelsea did it before <laughs> the new laws were brought in. <laughs> It was so funny. Okay, so you should see. I mean, how there's this like putting there like we'll only address ourselves as United because we are the bigger United. <laughs> it's so much banter. They want like Pochettino as the assistant coach to Allegri. <laughs> what? Just like okay. yeah, it was just another level of banter and fun. But it was good distraction. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, Newcastle is here. Um, uh, well, it's still not gone through, and there's a lot of um, yeah. media talk here and, and, about and, the ownership. And, and I'm also asking, like, isn't Northeast like a hub for Brexit? And so you've got like a lot of people talking about Brexit, and then you've got Saudi owners coming and running your football club. That must be conflicting when it comes to a uh, <laughs> lot of things here. But you are right. Uh, Northeast did vote uh, very strongly for Brexit. So, yeah. but we want the money. We want to. We want yeah, our cake course. and yeah. eat it. So yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, Just give the money and get lost. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want to get into Brexit. I'm tired of talking yeah. about Brexit. It's happened. It's going to happen. It's happened. It's it is yeah, what it is. It's happened. Um, but yeah. um, anyway, I'm so glad to speak to you, my friend. I know it's been a long time, and that was down to me. Uh, but I'm so ha- I'm glad to speak to you. Get back to sort of normality in this sort of way. I know we've got a while before we get back to normal life, but or the new normal yeah. as they call it. But um, it's been really good talking to you. And as always, Likewise, you know, the time flies when I speak to you. But uh, the main thing is we are speaking again, which I'm really happy about. And I really appreciate you taking time out, my friend. Absolutely. Yeah. And hopefully I'll speak to you next week. Stay yes, safe yes, and yes, look get, after yourself. Get, get rolling again. Yes. Take care, my friend. Oh, okay, bye. bye.